Uh, cameras are rolling. Yeah. All right. Make sure you keep a timer on them and everything. Ah! Oh, man. Sorry. Yeah. That, that hurt. All right. Here we go. Welcome to the Rod of Iron Podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I'm your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia, here from First Works Baptist Church in beautiful Southern California, Anaheim Hills. This is season three, and we got a special guest with us for this season. Pastor Stephen L. Anderson from Faithful Word Baptist Church in Tempe, Arizona, is with us for this episode. How are you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me out. You excited to be here? Yep. It's a blessing. Pastor Anderson is not only my sending pastor, but he's also a, a very good friend of mine. He's my mentor, and uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion this episode. We're going to talk about just a couple different things, and the truth is we might not even hit on all these subjects, but for sure we're going to talk about, a little bit about exercise, health, maybe some time management, shoot the breeze a little bit, and so looking forward to a really exciting episode. All right, folks, you ready, Pastor Anderson? Let's do it. Here we go. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. just roasting me about landmarks like yeah the whole time well i'm <laughs> i'm gonna try to like uh revive landmarks not not that i'm making any new ones not that i'm making any new i mean ones. i'm not gonna make any new ones <laughs> i'm saying like i'm gonna try to re-promote our our season of you landmarks. gonna make another trailer where it looks like an action movie <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just gonna like change the thumbnail and then they click on it, it's landmarks bump it up on the on the upload uh little section there mm. and see if that helps because we got a ton of new subscribers i have a video that went viral it, right now it has like one hundred and fifty thousand views on on what channel on the our channel on youtube though on I mean? youtube oh wow and it's uh it's a short so i've been doing shorts what's it about it's about crosses should christians use crosses and so that one has 150,000 views wow that's great and then uh, i put out another short called our catholic saved that one has fifty thousand views yeah, we have that That's one. A lot and better. then um I have a couple videos that that <clears throat> like th there's one Aliens in the Bible mm -hmm. and that one has like 30,000 views. The shorts are definitely doing a lot better than just regular clips. Put to flight the armies of the aliens. Yeah. Well, not that. I, I, I know. was just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so, um you've been preaching through the book of Ezekiel on Wednesdays. How's that been going? Yeah, it's been going good. I mean, it's going through the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel is a little bit tough just because there's so much repetition. Yeah. You know, it's like God is just hammering the same points over and over again, which it's all great stuff, but just, you know, stretching it out over the course of like 48 weeks mm -hmm. is obviously a challenge. But I think Ezekiel has some of the hardest preaching of any book of the Bible, just the most face rippingest chapters. Yeah. So I've liked that. You know, it's been it's been a pleasure, you know, preaching through some of the hard things in Ezekiel. So and it could get a little redundant, right? So you, that's what you're talking about, stretching it out. Yeah, just because a lot of chapters will repeat material from earlier chapters. Yeah. It was the same way when I went through Isaiah and Jeremiah. 
just a lot of repetition. I feel so. like the the prophet Ezekiel, um, obviously he's he's the one who rips the most. You say you said mm-hmm. you th- you feel like he rips the most, but he's also I, I feel like he's the one that God. I don't I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but he's like the most hard on. You know what I mean? Like he yeah, and, he takes and, away the desire from his eyes, and then he yep. gets up and preaches the next day. And well, and the the other thing that's interesting about that is that even though the hardest preaching of any of the prophets is pretty much found in the book of Ezekiel. It's not really coming from Ezekiel because it's it's the Lord telling him. Yeah. Because the Bible says like the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel saying, mm-hmm. and it's actually God speaking directly to Ezekiel, and, and he actually speaks more directly to Ezekiel than he did with Isaiah and Jeremiah. He actually oh. like appears to him yeah. with the cherubims right. and the wheels and the fire and everything, and speaks this stuff to Ezekiel. And whenever Ezekiel actually speaks on his own from his own heart. He's usually trying to tone God down and saying, like, you know, man, God, are you going to kill everybody? Like, what's going on? You know, he's he's actually a, a more gentle person. Yeah. And God has to keep telling Ezekiel, no, these people are wicked. They're yeah. evil. They're going to be destroyed. And it's Ezekiel who's actually a mellow guy. And like you said, Ezekiel has to suffer a lot, and he ends up going through a lot of painful things that God puts him through. So we think of Ezekiel as being this really hard preacher, and he was, but simply just because he's preaching what God told him to preach. It's not really coming from his personality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can turn his down on the headphones a little bit. He is, uh, Pastor Anderson's a a different, there we go. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I always found it funny that, you know, a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but sometimes people will criticize our our style of preaching. They'll say it's too hard or, you know, we're a little too abrasive. And I always point them to the Old Testament prophets, but specifically uh, Ezekiel, because they'll say, you know, oh, you guys preach against everything. It's like, well, I didn't preach against everything like Ezekiel preached against. Ezekiel preached against the mountains. <laughs> he preached against <laughs> the trees. I mean, he was prophesying against the hills and just kind of, you know, passing judgment on every. Nothing was safe from Ezekiel's preaching. Well, chapter 16 and chapter 23 are kind of the classic face-ripping chapters. In fact, atheists will sometimes bring up stuff from those chapters, Hmm. like, can you believe what the Bible says? It's so rude, it's so offensive, it's so graphic. Yeah. But it's the Word of God. Yeah, amen. And the words of the Lord are pure words. Amen. So I'm sure you've enjoyed preaching through Ezekiel quite a bit. Yeah. Because obviously it's it's the same truths that you've been preaching all along, but it's obviously from someone else's different perspective, another prophet's perspective, and um, just dealing with other issues that is the nation of Israel was experiencing at that time. Well, the, the thing that I love about the Wednesday night series in general is that it gets me to preach stuff that I never would have preached. Because right. th- throughout my ministry, I've obviously turned to the famous passages in Ezekiel a lot. Yeah. Chapter 16, chapter 23, you know, Ezekiel 22, 30. You go down the list, I, you know, Ezekiel 28 mm-hmm. with, with uh, Satan and everything. And so... Going through it chapter by chapter, though, you end up preaching some of the more obscure passages yeah. that you would never preach about. But it's it's not only that it gets me to preach about stuff that I wouldn't have necessarily chosen, but the other thing is that there are some really cool chapters, but if you just got up on a Sunday morning and started preaching them, people would be kind of like, why are you preaching this? Like, just because it's so <laughs> wild of a sermon. Yeah. But, like, the Wednesday night sermon kind of gives you an excuse to preach it. Like, well, I got to go through every chapter. Yeah. 
So yeah, right now we're going through. I'm going through First Samuel on Wednesday or not Wednesday, but Thursday evenings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like First Samuel because you know, obviously, some of the books in the Old Testament they can be very deep. Like if you think of like the major prophets such as Zephaniah or Zechariah, but then you have books like First Samuel that can get a little deep, but <clears throat> they're palatable because there's just a lot of stories, mm-hmm. and people like stories. Yeah. And so that's what we're going through right now. I'm going to be preaching through First and Second Samuel, obviously, until the, the following year. But you're right. I mean, preaching through books of the Bible kind of helps us to just preach things that we typically would never preach. And I typically yeah. don't use notes on, on Thursdays just because the notes are already there. Yeah. Kind of thing. You it's just like, really study the chapter, learn the chapter, and then yeah. just get up and preach from the heart. Yeah, amen. Um, there's something else that I wanted to mention. Regard- oh, okay, so... Um, you got deleted again. <laughs> yeah, my channel got deleted like two days ago. So Yeah, I was listening to your sermon from Sunday, and then all of a sudden it's like, where is it? I can't find it. I'm like, oh, man, did it get deleted? So now the channel to go to, just so we could let everyone know. Yeah, right now it's it's the channel that's called Trump Sucks. Yeah. Because here's my rationale. I figure like that the libtard censors over at YouTube, they'll like start <clears throat> to delete the channel, and they're like, wait. It's called Trump sucks. And then maybe they'll <laughs> let it survive just because they hate Trump. Like they're gonna be like that meme where the guy's like sweating, he doesn't know which button to push. Like, <laughs> like delete Pastor Anderson. Is that gonna override like their hatred for Trump? Because yeah. they want a, tr- a Trump sucks channel to yeah. exist. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm trying to be smart and go under the radar with so that title. Let me ask you, what do you think? Obviously, there might be someone literally specific specifically designated. To like oversee you? I don't believe that. You don't think so? No, there's no way because because if they really wanted to, they could just eradicate me from YouTube in a matter of two hours or something. Because mm. you know they could be searching my name and, and searching and so. But yet my channels end up existing for months before they get deleted, yeah. and then other people mirror my stuff and it exists for months. If they had a full t- if they had a person designated. To deal with it, then they should be fired. Then what? Because what do you think? What do you not think doing a very is causing? Uh, like people to know or YouTube to find out who you are. What is it about the? Is it just the name on the title? No, people just are reporting it as inappropriate. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. It's human beings, viewers reporting it as inappropriate, which people have always reported my stuff every day for the past ten years or yeah. whatever, or fifteen years. I guess I've been on YouTube, but it's just that in the olden days. People would be like, I'm reporting this is inappropriate, but YouTube wouldn't delete it because they just weren't that strict back then. Whereas now they're just way more strict. And now I'm personally not allowed to have a YouTube channel. And so when people complain, then it's like, oh, this guy, and then they delete it. I always thought that maybe so. it was like your name in the title or something like that that was causing YouTube no, to figure that out. I don't think so. Because I was going to propose the idea. I was like, maybe you should change your name. <laughs> maybe you should like change your name completely so that you know, the the, the artist formerly known as Steven Anderson. <laughs> just turn your name into a symbol. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just be like Pastor Lee. Call you Pastor Lee instead. I am Lee. Oh, I mean, there there are a lot of channels that are out there though that have your content, even from Sunday. Like people are constantly uploading your stuff. Um, oh yeah, so that's good still. And you know, my day to day, day in day out sermons, they they still get just as many views or just as many people listen to them. Yeah. It's just divided over a bunch <clears throat> of channels right. or 
you know, people listening to the MP3. Well, even if you have only like a thousand subscribers, let's say you reach a thousand, you still get like 5,000, 6,000 views or yeah. something. It's just that I can't go viral like I used to. Mm. So none of my sermons can go viral because well, as you, soon you, as they. You can go viral and you have gone viral. It's just not on YouTube. It's just not on YouTube. It's yeah. more on TikTok and, and yeah, Instagram. Because, because on YouTube, as soon as a video of mine starts to gain momentum, they'll shut it down because somebody yeah. will report it and it'll get shut down. Because if I so. if I remember correctly, um, there's a guy, he he's actually in Texas now, but his name is um, Oscar, O.T. Mm-hmm. the Baptist. I think that's his profile name. He had a clip of yours, and I think it had a million views or something like that. And so that was pretty cool. And then you have another video on TikTok right now that's going viral, right? Mm-hmm. You kicking out the guy who's uh, asking you to read a prayer or whatever it may be. I, I'm not, I don't upload stuff to it, but other people did. Well, I... I tried it for a couple weeks because somebody's like, because I didn't really know what it was. And somebody's like, oh, you got to get on TikTok and upload stuff. I uploaded some videos and and they went kind of crazy, but it just, it's such a weird website. I decided to just. Well, the reason I only it. use the, 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 um, I only edit videos on there and I don't go, because other people have asked me that, like, why don't you just post on there? But I, I just haven't really desired to post anything on TikTok. I know it's the, too the algorithm. of a app. But, the only thing that would motivate me to do that would be the fact that the algorithm is just really sensitive there. Mm-hmm. And you can, so it goes, as far as algorithm is concerned, it's like TikTok, you can go crazy viral really easily, but then you can get deleted really easily mm-hmm. as well. And then it's Instagram, which you can post a reel on Instagram and literally get like a thousand views in a matter of minutes. And then it's YouTube shorts. But the thing is, I feel like YouTube has the bigger platform, obviously. So where does Spoon? <laughs> Spoon yeah. does not fall in any of those categories. Spoon, if anybody doesn't know, Spoon was an app that Pastor Anderson and I were on for probably a couple of weeks, and it was just an audio app. There's no video to Dude, it. Dude, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's literally kind of like a podcast type of an app for anybody yeah. that can put music or just talk or you know just talk about random stuff. And Pastor Anderson was on it, and he you got people saved on Spoon. It was it was good, and then I got on there, and man, we were killing it on Spoon, and then you know we started saying the f word and all this stuff, and then that's when the Spoon uh, rulers deleted us. Yep, and you could actually upload MP3s of sermons on there as well. Oh yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I was kind of considering trying Spoon again under a different alias or something like that, just because you know just try different platforms. You know, I think about that a lot. Do you really the about Spoon? Days, going back to Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, I probably will upload some stuff to TikTok just because I heard it's it, the algorithm is really sensitive, and there's like a lot of false prophets on 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 uh, TikTok as well. Weird guys, really. Yeah, and, and this will carry over into what we're going to talk about next. But there's a guy. His name is his profile name is Gary the Prophet. Okay. And uh, he he has like millions of followers and all that, but he uploads all these videos about doctrine. And obviously, this guy's not saved. He has a uh, a repent of your sins type gospel, and then he preaches just a lot of weird stuff. But people love him. They love him because he 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 sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He goes back to the Greek and all that. But he uploaded this video about exercise. And he's and he's talking about how you know how it's wrong for Christians to to lift weights, 
Because you what? should never lift weights as Christians. That's vain. And uh, the Greek word for, for gym and all this stuff is just talking about being naked. What in the world? Just crazy things. Just nonsense. But it's unfortunate because he does have a lot of followers. So, you know, people, I'm sure, are listening to that. Yeah, nonsense. I mean, the, the only reason why the the word for naked in Greek is yimnos, which is obviously where we get our word like gym, gymnasium. Yeah. It's just because the Greeks worked out naked. Yeah. The dudes did. Yeah, Not right. the women, but the men would exercise naked. Yeah. But That's what he was bringing up. It's not the problem with the exercise. Yeah. It's just the problem with public nudity. Well, the same guy came out a couple weeks ago, and apparently he's in the UK or something, and he just said, like, I just want to let everyone know that I am officially anointed, and God has anointed me, and here's the proof of it. I walked and created diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows these like zirconias or whatever and he's he's saying that when he walks he creates diamonds with his feet now and now he's selling them and people are like what in the world gary what's wrong with you you know and so he just went full-blown heretic at that point but i thought that was really stupid about that video regarding exercise and lifting weights because you know the bible doesn't say that lifting weights is bad or that exercise is bad on the contrary it's actually for taking care of your body and your health, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the verse that I would point to, verse that's been on my mind over the last couple of days is 3 John verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Right. So he says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, yeah. even as thy soul prospereth. So, you know, you're doing well spiritually, you're thriving spiritually, but he says, I also want you to be healthy. Yeah. To be in good health. And right. and so, you know, obviously everybody will point to this verse, bodily exercise profit a little, mm -hmm. exercise thyself rather unto godliness. But obviously, godliness is more important. Yeah. Rather is a comparison. Like if you have to choose between training your body and training the spirit, obviously you're going to go with the spirit. Yeah. If I have to skip my Bible reading or skip a workout, I'm going to skip the workout yeah. because I need to exercise myself rather unto godliness. But to take that one verse and then just ignore everything else that the Bible's teaching, I mean, that's just a horrible way to interpret the Bible. Two, it says, you know, bodily exercise profiteth. Little. Little, yeah. So the the what it's implying is that it does profit, just not as much as exercising yourself rather into godliness. It's a comparison. Yeah, that's all. Obviously, we're not going to get any rewards in heaven for gains made in the gym yeah. or athletic achievements. But yet, if you actually study the Bible, start to finish, all the great men of God in the Bible are athletic. Mm -hmm. If you study the Bible, like go back all the way to Genesis, right? And you've got Israel himself. And one of the things that he does right away is he removes the stone from the well's mouth. He deadlifted the stone. Exactly. <laughs> he was doing earth gym. <laughs> and basically, you know, usually all the shepherds would come together to lift the stone. He lifts the stone off the well himself. Yeah. And then the same guy later on wrestles with the angel all night. Yeah. And so that shows not only incredible strength, but incredible endurance. And one of the attributes that Jacob was known for is that he was a hard worker. Mm -hmm. That's why Laban keeps wanting to keep him around and doesn't want to let him leave, because he's such a good 
worker. Yeah. Okay. And so obviously back then they're not going to the gym and they didn't have the same type of exercise programs that we have today, but that's because they worked hard physical jobs. And if you were a hard worker, you got strong, you got endurance. And so men of God throughout the Bible were athletic in yeah. that way. And then, you know, you look at other men, even just like Moses, and and look at him just hiking across the desert, these incredible distances. Think about the prophet Elijah. He outran the chariot in the in the story where, you know, right after he faces off with the prophets of Baal, and he ends up outrunning Ahab's chariot. And I looked it up on a map. That distance is like 22 miles. Hmm. So he runs 22 miles and outruns the chariot. So here's a man of God in the Bible running 22 miles faster than the horses can pull the chariot. And then you think about men like David. I mean, David's out there fighting all these military campaigns. Well, how about David's mighty men who the Bible compares to having uh, calves like hind's feet? Yeah. Uh, uh, It talks about how they run like a roe. Yeah, and it's just talking, comparing their their running to or the speed of their running to like an animal, you know, right? Or or uh, Solomon in mm-hmm. the in the book of Song of Solomon, it talks about him leaping on the mountains, skipping on the hills, yeah. running like a roe or a young heart. So we have all these guys in the Bible. They're running. They're strong. They're physically active, and it was really just from their lifestyle. They didn't need to go to the gym because they're outside. They're going everywhere on foot. There aren't any cars. And you might think that people rode horses, but back then, very few people rode horses throughout history. Because just like today, how many people do you know that have a horse now? Mm-hmm. Not that many. And and the reason why people don't have horses right now is the same reason why they didn't have them back then is because they're expensive mm-hmm. and take a lot of work to take Maybe. care of. So your average Joe did not have a horse throughout history. Jesus and his disciples never are riding horses while they're on this earth. I mean, obviously, he's going to come back on a white horse, but when they're on this earth, they're on foot, mm-hmm. and they're going to all the villages, all the towns. Obviously, that took a certain level of fitness for Jesus to go up into a mountain and pray, and then they walk over to this village, and then they go to this city, and they're they're just crossing and Israel on foot. It's a, it's a, it was a different world back then, and that's why we have gyms today. And yeah. obviously, you can you can run today, and you can walk today. You can do all those things, but as far as like strength is concerned, you know we're not we're not lifting a, a, a stone off a well's mouth, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, so, how do we compensate for that? Because now, like the the jobs that we have today, not all of them, but some of them require being at a desk, working in front of a computer. Being, most are not physical. Most are not physical. Most. Vast and, majority. Yeah. You have to be at a desk. You have to be in front of a computer. Um, I mean, even somebody who's working in a warehouse or something where it's a little bit physical, but they're still, they're using a forklift. I mean, they, they have a lot of technology yeah. to rely So we have on. to compensate for that. Exactly. And, and, and go hit the gym and lift heavy weights and actually put ourselves in a position where we purposely actually try to become healthier physically and all that. Yeah, and another example is Elisha, where when Elijah finds Elisha, mm-hmm. Elisha's <clears throat> plowing. Yeah. Like he's yoked up with an ox plowing. And and so back then, you know, just your daily life as a man, you're going to be pulling a plow, you're going to be carrying big sacks of feed, you have to go draw water, you have to chop wood. Yeah. I mean, these guys are working hard. 
And then even the women back then, if you think about it, they've got to wash clothes by hand, you know, scrubbing them on a washboard or something. They're hauling water every day. Well, they didn't, I mean, Isaac's future wife had to pull water out of a well for all the animals, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's heavy lifting pulling yeah. up all that water and everything. For all the animal for all the camels and whatever. So now we have all this wonderful technology and I'm <clears> not I'm not against the technology. Obviously the the airplanes and the cars allow us to go soul winning and do missions trips that we would never be able to do without those things. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that people allow those things to make their life too easy, too comfortable. And then they get sedentary, they get soft, they get weak, and it is just so incredibly unhealthy to be sedentary. And so, you know, I think that unless you have a physical job, you must exercise to be healthy. Like, if if, if you don't have a physical job and you're not exercising, you're not going to be healthy. Don't be surprised when you're not healthy because your body was designed for work. Well, I heard that sitting is like the new... Smoking, yeah, that's what I. That's what they say. Yeah, and our bodies are designed to work hard, and when you just sit around all day, every day, and then you go to your job and you're just standing there all day, yeah, or sitting there all day, even because some people just say, "Oh, I'm on my feet," but being on your feet is still not necessarily exercise. You know, you might get really good at standing. You're not exerting your body. You're not getting out of breath. You're not. Yeah. Doing cardio, well, you're I not remember building strength. <clears throat> when I was 17, all the way up until I was about 21, uh, I really got into martial arts, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure it was the same with you. I got into um, Muay Thai kickboxing and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and it was a lot of fun, and I really liked it. I mean, it was it was a great workout for me, but just in general, it was good for my body, it was good for my mind, and it kept me busy as a young man. You know, just kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. Dispersing my energy into different areas where I, so I don't get in trouble anywhere else. Yeah, you know what I mean, so it's really good for me. And even guys in our church, they 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 do a lot of martial arts. But then afterwards, I, I stopped doing that. I got back into Muay Thai when I was about thirty or thirty one, and then I stopped. But now I'm on this powerlifting uh, kick right now, and I really like it. Like uh, you asked me about a year ago, I would have not been into it at all. For me, it's just like I'm not really into that. That's not my thing. I'll probably do Muay Thai kickboxing again. And um, the Brother Ulysses, he, he's he been doing it for a couple years. There's a lot of guys in our church who have done it for a couple years. They're really strong. And one day, I think we are just at the building, and he's like, why don't you just sign up? Let's just go. And I'm like, all right, let's just go. So we went, we signed up, and I think when we started actually lifting heavy, you know, I got those endorphins, and I got a little addicted to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's very addictive, but it's a good addiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a healthy high. Yeah. And basically, it's a way to keep your mind at an even keel because people are so depressed right now. Like people are more depressed than ever. They're sad. They're down. And part of it is because they're sedentary. Yeah. Getting out and physically working hard actually releases endorphins, and so. You know, we often think of exercise as being good for our physical health, but it's also critical for your mental health. Absolutely. I agree with that 100% because being a pastor is actually very stressful. Oh, yeah. It's just not only is it stressful, it's just an unhealthy lifestyle all the way around. Yeah. And that's why so many pastors are super unhealthy, super out of shape. Because here's the thing. You're working hard as a pastor, 
but it's not physical. Right. You're working hard mentally and not just mentally, spiritually. You feel drained spiritually. <clears throat> like other than the aerobics class on on the midweek service and the Sunday morning, <laughs> Sunday night, right? But like, but like, like uh, Jesus said, I feel that virtue has gone out of me. Yeah, and that's how I feel after I preach a sermon oh, yeah. or after I go soul winning. Yep. You feel like virtue has gone out of you, so you're you're mentally drained, you're spiritually drained, and you just feel tired yeah. from working hard because you are working hard, but it's not physical at all. So you combine that with sometimes traveling, and when you're traveling, you can't really necessarily eat the nutritious foods that your wife would normally serve you at home. Yeah. So you're eating at restaurants, which is not as healthy. And then, you know, maybe you're getting together with people for lunch or dinner as part of your job, just meeting with people. And, you know, you combine all this, the, the stress, the persecution, the, the hard mental work with little physical work. Because, you know, much study is a weariness of the flesh, yeah, too. Yeah. The soul winning, the preaching, all of it. And it's just a recipe for, 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 for having just horrible health. Oh, yeah. And so as a pastor, you have to make a point to eat healthy, <clears throat> get enough sleep, and exercise. Well, I agree with that because, um, you know, I love pastoring. I, I love preaching God's Word. I love dealing with people and, and doing the ministry, mm-hmm. serving the Lord. But um, it, it is taxing. Mm-hmm. And it, it was taxing on my mental health where I kind of felt, you know, a couple, about a year ago, as though my mood was just not as as good, yeah. And maybe I was a little short, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, my stress levels were really high, mm-hmm. and I definitely see a big difference now because, you know, obviously we're mind, body, and spirit, and we could be exercising the spirit constantly, which is w- what we do. We read the Bible, we go sewing, we go to church, we talk about the things of God. But the truth is, is that we are mind, body, and spirit, and so each of those. Uh, factors play a role into our overall health, not just spiritual, but even physical. Yep. So if you're if you're excelling spiritually, but your body is is uh, atrophying and you're not doing well, it's going to affect your spiritual life. Well, and it's a bad testimony to the church members, right? Because you know the church members they look to us for leadership, and they want to follow us as we follow Christ. Mm-hmm. So that you know they shouldn't be following mm-hmm. us to McDonald's, yeah. You know, or following us to being obese mm-hmm. or following us to diabetes and following us to heart disease because we didn't take care of our body. And, you know, it, it's amazing how preachers, they get up and preach hard against smoking and taking drugs and doing all this stuff, you know, uh, mutilating the temple of the Holy Ghost with with all kinds of, you know, tattoos and whatever. But the point is that as Christians, if we're supposed to take care of the temple of the Holy Ghost, how about eating healthy food and exercising so that we can be in good health even as our soul prospereth. Right. Yeah, because uh, I, I do remember in times past, pastors would get up and, and rip on, you know, MMA or martial arts or lifting weights because they said it was vain and vanity. And they would almost, you know, teach for uh, uh, doctrines, the commandments of men, in a sense where it was just like almost borderline sinful doing those things. And meanwhile, they're 100 pounds overweight. Yeah. Or 50 pounds overweight. Yeah, they, they would they would I mean McDonald's was a big thing, you know, yeah, it's back like in the day. When you go soul winning, <clears throat> you stop at McDonald's. Yeah. We've tried to change that culture in the new IFB where we only serve nutritious food. When we have church picnics and barbecues and stuff, we get organic food, healthy food, 
You know, we don't do anything artificial. You know, the way I look at it is what food would I be buying for this event if Jesus were coming? Mm -hmm. You know, would I set this before Jesus Christ? Because if I'm not going to set it before Jesus Christ, I'm not going to set it before the least of these, my brethren. Yeah. And so, you know, let's say we serve ice cream or something. We don't buy just the cheapest because a lot of times in the old IFB, if there was ice cream served or whatever, it was just what's the cheapest <laughs> giant Walmart chemical filled janky five gallon tub of ice cream. You know, I would buy the most expensive quality ice cream that I can buy yeah. if I'm serving it to God's people. You know, and ice cream is not necessarily the healthiest food, but I'm just using that as an example that even if we did get something like that, yeah. we still want to get the, the 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 quality stuff. Yeah. And not serve junk to people, you know. And and when we get when we have burgers or something, we make sure it's the grass fed, you know, the natural stuff, not just well, what's the cheapest well, I, patty. One, one thing I do remember, especially like in the old IFB, is um, sports was like a god to them. <clears throat> I shouldn't say like a god, but it, they would definitely idolize sports, like basketball. Like watching sports, not <clears throat> watching playing sports. sports. Yeah. And so it was kind of funny that they would justify that, Yeah, but they would condemn everything else. Yeah, they'll mm -hmm. tell you bodily exercise profited little while sitting around watching yeah. professional sports. And, and, and let me just say right now, like, I have zero interest in professional sports. Yeah, me too. I don't want to watch sports. I And, and I'm against professional sports just i mean i'm not saying it's a sin if somebody watches it or, or it's a sin if somebody you know becomes a professional athlete or something but me personally philosophically i don't believe that sports should dominate anyone's life yeah you know for me sports are a part of my life exercise is a part of my life but you know i, I think that some people like you said, could make it an idol where mm. it becomes the most important thing in their life. It's it's the priorities, priorities, right? It's like it's not wrong to go play basketball. <clears throat> it's not wrong to go play football and to get involved in these sports, but it has to have its place. Well, I'll put it this way. I would love to see my kids out there playing basketball, playing football, but I would not want to see any of my kids become a professional athlete Yeah, because that's not what life is about. Right. Yeah, these things should assist us in serving God. Right, like yeah. the, the physical activities that we do, like I enjoy powerlifting. I, I really like it a lot, and um, I go five days a week now, and uh, I have goals. I have uh, weights that I want to hit within the next six months. I mean, th things that I want to achieve. But at the end of the day, the reason I want to do it, aside from the fact that it's just fun and it, it's a good stress reliever, mm -hmm. is that it's really good on my mental health which in turn assist me in serving God. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand what you mean by that, like with the mental health, but here's how I'd explain it. Because a lot of people think, well, you know, working out, that's hard work, that's pain, that's suffering, you know, if I'm going for a run or swim or lift or whatever. <clears throat> but what, what it is is that when you're done, you're just in a great mood. Oh, yeah. Like even if you're in pain and agony and misery during the workout— which lifting weights is not misery at all to me. I, I think lifting weights is easy. I disagree. But but, but there are some well, we workouts. Could, we could agree to disagree. <laughs> but there are some workouts that are painful, but when they're done, you're just in a good mood for the whole day. That's oh, what yeah. a lot of people don't realize is that isn't it interesting that every time I go for a long run, every time I go swim laps or lift <clears> weights <throat> or whatever, 
I'm just in a great mood for the rest of the day, yeah. inexplicably. Yeah. But it's chemistry. Yeah. It's a chemical thing right. that your body releases endorphins <clears throat> that make you feel good. Well, what's interesting is, is obviously, you know, I read my Bible in the morning, and then I go to the gym, and I prefer to go to the gym in the morning because of the fact that once I come back to the office after I am, I'm done lifting weights— my, my my state of mind is so good mm-hmm. that I'm really I get really creative, <clears throat> and my job requires a lot of ingenuity. Mm-hmm. It requires creativity, making content, and I feel like I can't be as creative if I don't hit the gym first. Yep. So then you know the blood is going. I'm, I'm in a good mood. I just hit some PRs. I come back to the office and I'm just like boom, idea after idea. Yep. So it's almost you know dependent upon my physical. Uh, well-being, my mental well-being. So I hit the gym so I could be more effective in yeah. my job. Amen. Create more content, have more energy to do more content. Yep. And and you know, just one last point on this vanity issue, like people saying that exercise is vain or unprofitable or whatever. Here's the thing about that. Okay, there's nothing vain about being healthy. This is not about you know posing and flexing. We're not talking about bodybuilding. Bodybuilding right. is a stupid sport. It's, where there's a difference between bodybuilding yeah, lo- and, and heavy lifting. But a lot of people mix these two up. Yeah. A lot of people mix up powerlifting and bodybuilding. Right. Powerlifting, you're going to the gym and just seeing how much weight you can lift. Yeah. Bodybuilding, you're putting on a Speedo, you're waxing <laughs> all the hair off your body, and you're flexing in front of a mirror with a with a fake tan or something. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously kind of queer and weird mm-hmm. and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. And, and, and here's the thing, you know, you can exercise and work out without being prideful and having ego and just posing for a bunch of pictures. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about being healthy. And I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. It is impossible to be healthy without exercising. Yeah. Now, if you have a physical <clears throat> job, maybe that's your exercise and that does it for you. But if you have a sedentary job and you're not exercising, you're not going to be healthy. Your heart rate is going to be too high. You're going to have heart disease. You're going to have all kinds of problems. Your body's going to atrophy and decay because you're not using it. Like our bodies are meant to be used and abused. Like we need to push our bodies hard because, you know, when you go to the gym, you're basically you're tearing down muscle. You know, when you lift heavy, you're, you're tearing down your body in a sense, and then your body goes in and rebuilds. Yeah. So you're constantly tearing it down, rebuilding it. It's like if your body's a house, you're constantly renovating it. Yeah. And anybody who owns a home knows that that uh, and, and this verse is on the tip of my tongue, but I, I feel like I'm going to misquote it. But in Ecclesiastes, where he says, you know, through much idleness that the house droppeth through. Yeah. Like if, if you don't maintain the house. It decays. Anybody who owns a home knows that you have to keep doing maintenance <clears throat> on your house or everything just gets old. And the Bible refers to our bodies as a tabernacle, as a house. Yeah. And so you go to the gym and you're 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 tearing down muscle tissue, you're rebuilding it, you're keeping it fresh. Well, I think of the and verse so, in the Bible. Wait, are these focused? These are focused, right? Yes. I just thought about that. These like when you turned them on, they were focused. I think of the verse in the Bible where it says, where Paul said I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And I think of the concept of discipline, right? And for example, lifting weights for me has caused me to be more disciplined in other areas because I want to be successful at lifting weights. 
Because you don't build muscle going to the gym. You don't get stronger going to the gym. It actually happens afterwards. It requires discipline after the gym. Eating and sleeping. Eating and sleeping. Mm-hmm. Eating protein, yep. making sure, you know, you kind of stay away from the bad foods because, like, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't want to mess up my gains. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure that I'm able to lift heavier the following week. And if I do this, then then it's going to cost me, you know, going for 315 or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then also it causes me to, to, to sleep right because of the fact that my body is rebuilding itself during its sleep. So doing powerlifting has caused me to be more disciplined in these other areas, which in turn obviously helps me spiritually as well. Well, and Paul is constantly using athletic athletic examples. examples. You know, they that are running a race run all, right? I I gave a bunch of examples from the Old Testament of men of God and 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 their their physical feats. But the apostle Paul, he talks about running with patience, the race that is set before us. Lest, I fought a good fight. He says, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Yeah. And he talks about keeping under your body, bring it into subjection. You know, he says, look, they, athletes in this world, they do it to win a corruptible crown. Yeah. But we, an incorruptible. Because, yeah. you know, those who know a little bit of history about the ancient Olympics in Greece know that the prize for winning the Olympics was an olive leaf crown. So it was literally corruptible. Like it was literally not something that you could pull out years later, like a gold medal. You could pull out a gold medal 20 years later, 50 years later. It's still going to be there. Mm -hmm. Whereas an olive leaf crown is going to dry up, wither up, and decay. And that's what he's probably referring to when he says, you know, they do it to win a corruptible crown. That olive leaf crown that they earn decays and withers away, but we're earning an incorruptible crown. But my point is he's constantly using athletic illustrations. And he says that they that strive for the mastery mm-hmm. must strive lawfully, meaning, you know, not cheating, following the rules. And, you know, he uses all these different illustrations about how we need to be temperate in all things mm-hmm. because athletes have to be temperate <clears throat> in all things, meaning they have to be temperate when it comes to their diet. And te- what does temperate mean? It means basically, you know, self-control, right. planning. So they have to they have to think about what they eat. They have to get proper rest. They have to take care of themselves, and they have to think about these things. And spiritually, mm. we need to be temperate. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because he uses those examples, like we're looking at First Corinthians chapter nine, and the common denominator between the apostle Paul and an athlete is that they're both disciplined. Right, they're both disciplined to run in the race. He says, "I fight, but not as one that beateth the air." So fight I. So it's like the common denominator is they're both disciplined, they're both temperate. But at the end of the day, Paul is going to be the one who actually receives the eternal reward because of it, mm-hmm. because he's doing it for an eternal reason, not for a temporal corruptible crown. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, the Bible says, "Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day." And so, you know, our, our body will one day die. It's going to decay. And so you, you better make sure you get the most out of it mm-hmm. as you possibly can, not so you can obtain a corruptible crown, but rather so you can use it to its fullest extent to serve the Lord as best as possible. Now, obviously, any athletic achievements that we have mm-hmm. are wood, hay, and stubble. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. They are not going to earn us any kind of eternal glory whatsoever. Yeah. But... The reason that you have to have these athletic achievements or or goals, you know, whether that's just something as simple as, you know, I want to run a mile in five minutes or I want to, 
go to the gym and deadlift a certain amount or I want to bench press a certain amount or I want to swim a certain distance. Whatever those goals are, the reason that those goals exist is simply because they just give you something to strive for and it just motivates you to actually show up and do the workout. Yeah. Because if you don't have any goals, if you're not logging anything, if you're not writing down your gains or anything – you're going to lose motivation and then you're just going to become a well, slob. I think, I think too, it's just important to, to, to have goals and to achieve things, yeah. even if they're not necessarily spiritual, it's just good to have a good, healthy hobby. Yeah. You know, if I were to choose between, you know, having the hobby of deadlifting 405 by the end of summer or, you know, you know, reaching this level on this video game, I would want to do the powerlifting because it actually has other benefits to it. It's actually it's making a, you healthy. It's making me healthy. Be able to serve God. And at the end of the day, you know, that's a lot cooler, anyways. You know, a video game is not really that. Yeah, cool. and let's let's face it. You know, sometimes you go soul winning, and and some people even struggle with the walking. Yeah. Even to just walk for a few hours, mm-hmm. and sometimes we've taken people on small town soul winning trips, and you know, <clears throat> it's it's a real physical challenge for yeah. them, not just a, a mental and spiritual challenge, just getting through the walking, especially because oh, yeah. in Arizona, the small towns are all um, well, on do, the hills. Well, do you remember when we went to Aruba? Yeah, there was a lot of walking. And you had right? made the disclaimer, we're going to be doing a lot of walking. Yeah. And I remember being there, and literally, we just walked all day. Well, you know the going back to the Greek documentary? Yeah. So I, I was wearing the Apple Watch mm-hmm. during the making of that film. your steps. And, and when we were in Cyprus... We walked an average of nine miles every single day. Man. Nine miles. That's what the watch said that we were walking every day. And then also we we did a uh, a mission strip in Arizona. It was only four of us because we were we were hitting all the Indian tribes. Yeah, you know we only have a couple tribes left to finish now. There's 21 reservations, and there's this one reservation where they live in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Okay, so we wanted to do this reservation. It has like 200 and some people or something. And so we just needed a small group of soul winners because only like 200 people live there. And it ended up being super receptive. We got a ton of people saved. It was an awesome trip. But I kid you not, the four of us that did it, it was me, my son John, and a couple other guys from our church, Sean Conlon and Daniel Ryder. The four of us went down there, and it was 40. We were only in there for 48 hours. When we we slept in a tent and just uh, camped out, and we walked thirty miles in forty eight hours, man, because it was like ten miles. We had because there's no way to get to this village by car. There's no roads in or out. The the U.S. Postal Service delivers there with donkeys. <laughs> it's the only town in America, Supai, Arizona, where the mail is delivered by donkeys. That's cool. And there are no motor vehicles in the town wow. whatsoever. So it took 10 miles to hike in, and then just walking around doing the soul winning. Yeah. Just walking around, walking around, preaching the gospel, talking to people. That was another 10 miles. Yeah. And then 10 miles out. It was 48 hours, 30 miles. You wow. know. Now, that's kind of extreme, but the thing about that is that you know you obviously had to pick guys that could do that. So yeah. you know Daniel Ryder <clears throat> was able to be up to that challenge, yeah. or Sean Conlon, my son John— they had the fitness required. Yeah. Like, hey guys, I need a few guys that are gonna be able to do this hike so that we can do this soul winning. And like I said, we got a bunch of people saved. And those guys, I know they had an awesome time. I had an awesome time because it was just fun too. Yeah. 
just hiking and, and soul well, winning. But they wouldn't have got to go on that trip if they didn't have the fitness. Same yeah, thing we, with the Aruba soul winning. Yeah, I remember, and I remember thinking to myself because I brought all kinds of equipment. Mm. I brought like camera equipment to Aruba, and I was carrying that stuff on my. <laughs> so I had the soul winning stuff, and literally by by the end, I don't, we were there for like five days, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was right? like a week long trip. Yeah. I think I had lost like maybe like 10, 15 pounds or something. <laughs> By that point, because I was carrying all the sewing equipment as well as the camera stuff. And I was like, wow, this is a lot. And it was hot. It was physically hard. Yeah, It was physically hard. It was extremely hot. But, you know, it was good, though. And and, I mean, we had on that trip, I I don't remember the exact stats, but I want to say we had about 50, 60 soul winners. Right, It was a pretty big trip. We had people from the Netherlands. Yeah, I remember that. Come out. We sponsored people from the Netherlands to come. Because a lot of people in Aruba, Aruba spoke Dutch. Yeah. And then we had people from Venezuela come. Mm-hmm. We had, obviously, people from the United States, Canada. And we had, like, 50, 60 soul winners. We had, like, over, I think, 475, 500 salvations. I don't yeah. remember the exact number, but it was <clears throat> it was a big success. Yeah, that was an awesome trip. And we didn't use any vehicles. We didn't we literally rent cars. Just, yeah. We literally just walked everywhere. Even if you wanted to... I think the only time we actually used a vehicle is when we wanted to go to, like, the south of the island to go swim or something like that and it would just take too long to walk and come back and get ready for for everything because i think we started soul winning like at 12 in the middle of the day right yeah yeah well this is this is the thing we we did it to where the recreation happened in the morning in the morning yeah. because of the fact that around 11 or 12 o'clock was when the beach is kind of open for business yeah and then they became like a party and it was kind of a bad atmosphere right for christians so what we did was we would all go to the beaches in the morning, and there was nobody there. Yeah. And so you could just enjoy nature, swim, play around at the beach without anybody being around. And then, obviously, soul winning isn't that good before noon anyway. Usually the best soul winning takes place in the afternoon yeah. and evening. So we gave everybody free time until noon, and then we'd just have lunch and then just spend the rest of the day soul winning and do it that way. Because especially when you're in a place like Aruba, like a lot of the people are, are scantily clad and stuff. Yeah. Whereas in the morning, it was fine. Yeah. So it was perfect. And also just preaching the gospel is very strenuous as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Just, just and in Spanish, like, like for example, <laughs> that like makes I, it even harder. I speak Spanish, and I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish, but uh, I'm not as accustomed to preaching the gospel in Spanish. It's more tiring. Like over and yeah. over and over, I literally remember thinking to myself, like I'm actually tired of preaching the gospel. In and in, in Aruba, it was mainly Spanish. Yeah, it was mainly Spanish. It was uh, even though that's not the official language, they had about uh, thirty thousand illegal immigrants from Venezuela in Aruba, and they were the most receptive. So yeah. even though they were the minority, since they were the receptive ones, yeah, that's who we ended up doing. Yeah, most that of was our mentally straining to preach the gospel. For, yeah. And then we, when we went to uh, Sonora. Right, Mexico. I think uh, mm-hmm. Imoris is the same thing. Yeah. It's just mentally straining to preach. The you were my soul winning partner on that yeah. trip. Remember? You remember the guy that we spoke to, and I was I was I was giving the gospel <laughs> I know to this guy, say. <laughs> and I told him I said, you know, I was I was talking about um, lying and you know how it was a sin, and I said, you know, and I don't know what is it. The exact I think one? this is what it was. You you said like, you know. If a person lies, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are they or something? What do you call them? And what do you call like, somebody who lies? And he said, a politician. politician yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> we both started laughing. It was pretty funny. And then, you know, because how many kids do you have, Pastor Anderson? Uh, hold on. Let me think. No, no I'm just kidding. No, my <laughs> wife's pregnant with number 12. 12. At yeah. that time, you had probably like 10? I don't know. But I remember we went to this house, and we were talking to this guy, and he had like 
15, 20 kids or something like that. So Pastor Anderson was given the illustration about having kids. And Pastor Anderson's like, you know, I got 10 kids. And if you were to say that here, people would be like, whoa. But the guy was just not impressed. He was just kind of like. He wasn't even phased. Yeah, he wasn't even phased, but it was so funny. <laughs> that was a cool trip. Well, yeah, you know, was. along with uh, exercising and you know, obviously uh, eating right, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really big and, I, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of fasting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think fasting is really good for you. And in fact, I actually fast for about maybe 15 hours before I start lifting, which is actually completely contrary to what people tell you to do when you lift. They'll say you have to eat like, you know, two hours before and you have to have your protein shake and do all these things or whatever. And they say, if you don't, you're not going to have a good lift and, you know, you're not going to feel as strong. But I lift on a fasted state. And in fact, after I'm done lifting, I, I still fast for about three other, three more hours or so, and I feel strong. And the reason I do it is because uh, of the fact that after when I fast after I lift, you know, fasting obviously puts your body in a state of uh, autophagy, and it begins to rebuild your your damaged cells and all that. And so, uh, aside from the fact, you know, for example, if you want to lose weight, you know, li- lifting heavy is really good for you. But then you add on top of that fasting. Yeah, and, it's and, really good. and just to give kind of the nuts and bolts of this for people who don't really know how this works, because I, I practice this as well, intermittent fasting. Yeah, I usually do it about five days a week, and what this involves is simply skipping breakfast. That's yeah. all. Because here's the thing. If you don't eat breakfast, you're not really that hungry. It's not even that hard. It's more of a mental like, thing for well, a lot it, of people. It, but skipping dinner would be very difficult. Okay, because, you know, you want to eat lunch, you want to eat dinner, but when you first wake up in the morning, you're not really that hungry. At least I'm not. I mean, I was when I was a kid, but as an adult... I don't think a whole lot of people could say that. I mean, I'm not... I'm personally don't get hungry in the morning, but I think a lot of people eat breakfast. Yeah, but it's way easier to skip breakfast than dinner, wouldn't yeah, you yeah. agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so here's what I do is I just wait 16 hours, so... Yeah. Let's say, you know, the last time that I ate was at 8 p.m. or something. Then I just am not going to eat to the next day until noon. Yeah. Or if I, you know, if I stopped eating at 6 p.m., then I don't eat till 10 a.m. or something. Mm -hmm. So it's just 16 hours of not eating, and it's really just skipping breakfast. So you just wake up, drink a glass of water, and just push through until lunch. And then just kind of look forward to lunch and just get busy with other things. And it's very biblical— because, you know, the Bible talks about in Ecclesiastes, you know, woe unto thee, O land, like when you're, when your princes or children, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit maybe, but, you know, your princes or children, Rise up and it morning. says that they eat in the morning. Mm. Yeah. For, when ple- for, what is it, for pleasure, not for strength? No, he says, he says they eat for, uh, th- the good example is those who eat for strength and not for drunkenness. For drunkenness, correct. That's the good example. But the bad example are the ones who eat in the morning. Yeah. So, so the idea of skipping breakfast is biblical anyway. Yeah. And so I don't skip breakfast on Sundays because I find that if I skip breakfast on Sundays, then it affects my preaching. Just I, I, I have to really have those calories in me. Yeah. Otherwise, I just end up preaching too much about food anyway. And so, like, my wife always says, like, oh, I can tell you're hungry during that sermon because you kept, <laughs> kept using food illustrations. But, like... I find that I don't preach as well if if I'm on a caloric deficit on Sundays. So I eat breakfast on Sundays, and then I usually eat breakfast on Saturday 
simply because I'm usually going on some kind of a long run or something. Mm. So if I'm going on a really long run, then I need to get calories in me before that run. Yeah. But as far as lifting weights, though, lifting weights fasted is great. And, I, and I'll and i run fasted, too. I just can't go on a really long run fasted. Yeah. But I can yeah. do short runs like sprints and stuff. I can do those fasted. Lifting weights well, fast, and um, I'm for it. I, I think fast, it's great. I, I don't eat breakfast at all. Like, I don't eat breakfast for seven days. Yeah. I do eat lunch, and I do eat dinner. But when I'm cutting, not dieting, cutting. Yeah, men don't diet. We cut. We cut weight. We cut weight. When I'm cutting, I do. I typically do OMAD, which is one meal a day. And I'll fill in oh, wow. all, all my calories and my protein in that lunch period or whatever it may be uh, so I can cut weight. And once I do that for about – I do that sometimes for about three months – um, I find that I'm just not even hungry for dinner, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I've never, I've never gone to that level. Yeah, I'm kind of a big eater, and and I'll just be perfectly honest with you, I tend to kind of struggle with gluttony sometimes. Like I, I tend to overindulge. That's you know, just to confess my faults one to another. I think we need to cut this podcast. Like, <laughs> no, but seriously, like I tend to overindulge. Yeah. Like you've probably yeah. been with me sometimes and seen me like overeat. You know, like when we go out to eat, I'll eat all my food and then I start eating food. So Pastor kids Anderson plates. has this thing that like when we're on trips or something and we're hanging out, <laughs> I have to make sure that I just eat all my food before he finishes his because he has no problem with just coming to my plate and just eating my food. <laughs> well, I, I will finish other people's plates. Am yes, I right? You're, you're correct. On and that. like, like I literally, when I go out to eat with your family, I'll finish my entire oh, meal. Let me, yeah. Let me, and let me, I'll eat your kids. food. Yeah. He'll eat my kids food actually. <laughs> so one time we went to, uh, um, well, I hate, I hate what was it? seeing Lucille's food. went to Lucille's and you know, my, my son, he's a slow eater. And pastor Anderson was done with his pulled pork sandwich. And then he just goes to my son. He's like, you're going to finish that. <laughs> And he just starts eating his food, you know. But yeah, I do. I do know that you're a big eater. Well, even when we were at Island, we would. I yeah. ate the was that a grilled the hot cheese? Dog. Your the hot dog. Your daughter's hot dog. Yeah, or you, something? you you, I ate you broke off the the front piece because you know you don't want to be too crazy about it. <laughs> you broke off the front piece. <laughs> you don't want to be too unethical about it. So you broke off the front piece where she bit off, and then he just ate the remainder of it. Well, you know, even we would when, say in modern terms, you're a foodie. That's what we call it, a foodie. But even when we were just in Arizona. Do you remember how some of my church members just coincidentally showed up at the same fish restaurant as us? Yeah, and you, you went to go that? eat their onion rings. And then like they went <laughs> they didn't finish their onion rings and I went over and just ate all the onion rings. So two things about that. Number one is that I I like I don't like to see food go to waste. Like it really bothers me. That's part of the reason why let's, I'm doing let's hear it. the real reason. But the real reason is the real reason is that I just eat too much. Yeah. You know, I tend to overindulge because I just like to eat. Yeah. Okay. So for me, the intermittent fasting is an easy way to not overdo it because, you know, at least there's only so much I can put down my gullet in those eight yeah. hours. Yeah. You know. And well, like, I agree. Like for example, I like I like to eat. A yeah. Lot. And um, intermittent fasting and OMAD is really good for me in that way because of the fact that when I do OMAD and I eat one meal a day it actually decreases my hunger to the point where I don't want to eat. And when I get on keto and I do, and I couple that with intermittent fasting, 
uh, the fat satiates my hunger, so mm-hmm. I'm actually not hungry, and I'm not thinking about food. Because you don't, you don't always want to live your life thinking about food. Right. You know, I'm sometimes if I'm not careful, I just think about food. Like, what am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for dinner? But when I do, when I couple those two together, I don't think about food at all. You know, because uh, I have a tendency to overeat as well, and I could easily justify it and say, "Well, I'm going to go lift right now, or I'm going to fast." But I'd rather just not think about food and just kind of have the discipline of thinking about other things and not be hungry. And most of the time, let's just be honest, it's our mouth that's more hungry than our stomach. Exactly, you know? yeah. We like to taste the food and all But, that. you know, for me, another trick that I will sometimes use besides the intermittent fasting is just, like, filling up. I'll, like, fill up on fruits and vegetables just to fill my stomach with that stuff. And then that way I'm not as hungry. Mm-hmm for eating the really high calorie stuff. You know what I mean? So every single day I'm just pounding apples, oranges, (laughs) bananas. Okay. So on our way back from that trip that we recently did, yeah, Pastor Anderson was sitting behind me and it was me and Pastor Pazarnsky. Me and Pastor Pazarnsky, we're just talking and I just hear Pastor Anderson in the back for like 40 minutes straight just killing oranges. (laughs) 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 It's like... And I like kind of like just turn to look, and there's just orange stuff all over his hands. <laughs> he's just going to town. I'm like, he's but how many oranges do you have back there? <laughs> that's but I eat a lot of fruit. The guy ate an orchard. I just I'm just telling you. But I I eat I eat like usually like probably two apples a day. Yeah, you know oranges, bananas, pineapples, <laughs> baby carrots. <laughs> I'll eat so many baby carrots because that stuff it fills you up and like. Yeah. If I crave something sweet, I just so hit do you, the fruit. So when you say you fast, you you consume fruits and vegetables during your fast? No, 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 no. Oh, the, okay, okay. The fasting, the fasting is only sixteen hours. Yeah, it's just uh, it's basically just skipping breakfast. That's you're all saying after your meals and stuff. No, I'm like saying that, or... during my window of eating. Yeah, every day, which oh, is I see. which is from lunch to dinner time. Yeah. During my window of eating, I pound a lot of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that I don't eat too much of the wrong things, yeah. and you know, there's there's certain things that are good about my my habits is that like I never drink sodas, like I only drink. We're ending water, this podcast you know? right now. <laughs> this is like I. You're not allowed to talk about this stuff. I virtually <clears throat> never drink uh, sodas, or and I. You don't I, drink coffee. You don't do no, soda. I, I don't even. I rarely even drink juice. So what's your unhealthy thing that you like to go? What's your go-to unhealthy thing? The the thing that is the because you're not perfect, Pastor. No, I'm not. The <laughs> temptations for me, yeah, that that I would go to is first of all cereal. <laughs> like like if I want to just really go off the cliff, like cinnamon and toast, indulge, crunch or it'd something? be like cinnamon toast crunch, or just it really just any cereal. I just like frosted mini wheats. I could just kill so many frosted mini wheats. Those are gross. So, like, for me, like the temptations are like milk, and like if I if if I had my way, I would drink two pints of milk with every meal, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I love milk, but what the do, you, problem, do you drink raw milk? Prob- or? Yeah. Okay. But the problem with milk is that you may grow thereby. <laughs> you know, and so like, <laughs> so like milk is great for a child. Growing up, but as an adult, I found that, like, you know, if I drink milk like I want to, I'll just gain too much weight, you know, and it's expensive anyway. So I rarely drink milk, but that's my guilty pleasure is like chocolate milk, strawberry milk, milk, cereal. What's your favorite cereal? 
I mean, I go through different phases. Obviously, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is is pretty high on the list, but and and Frosted Mini Wheats. It's funny you Frosted mentioned Frosted Mini Wheats is, is because yeah. last Thursday th- these are good, right? Last Thursday, um, I, I I deadlift on Friday. Yeah, and I was I was gonna shoot for a PR like three hundred and twenty on Friday, mm-hmm. and so I was eating right on Thursday. I, I eat liver. I like to eat liver. Mm-hmm. Really good for you, superfood. And then I just told my wife I was like, I'm gonna go get a cereal <laughs> and i don't eat cereal like i haven't ate cereal in a long time yeah and so i was actually gonna go get honey bunches of oats which is actually one of my favorites this is my go-to but you know you're walking like down the too. aisle and then cinnamon toast crunch was there first yeah and i thought to myself just this once so i took the i killed the whole box that night or not that night but I, I, like, I, did, that. I did like half of the box that night but you know what? My lift was really good on 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 Friday, and in fact, I hit four PRs. Just call it like a carbo load. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hit four PRs, and then it was just like I think I'm going to celebrate with the bowl of cereal. I didn't do that, but uh, cinnamon toast crunch is definitely really good. But the only problem is with me if I eat cinnamon toast crunch, I get like a sugar hangover the next day. Yeah, or something you know. Get like well, a- I I don't eat it all the time because obviously I'm it's, disciplined. Yeah. But you keep under your body. Yeah. But I'm just saying if I you asked me about my sins. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I wanted to know what uh you struggle with. What are the temptations that are coming Those are the there? the temptations are like milk, cereal, ice cream, stuff like that. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. So now he's mentioning ice cream. So there's yeah. more actually. <laughs> yeah. What cut what's your favorite ice cream? Anything with chocolate and peanut butter. Really? Yeah. So I'll do like a chocolate peanut butter milkshake or like, but this podcast is getting a little off track because we're, we're supposed to be like, we're supposed to be helping people be healthier. Well, yeah, and but, now we're saying a bad example. Yeah. But here's the thing though. We're Pastor, showing that we're human. We're showing that we're human because yeah. we don't want to, we don't want people to think that this is how we always are. Right. In general, this is how we live. But okay, all well, of us okay, have. Well, you know, you bring up a great point and, and I want to, I want to make this point too, is that I do believe that it's healthy to have one meal per week where you just basically uh, go binge. crazy. Just binge, <laughs> yeah. No, I do, because I'll, I'll be very austere the whole week. Yeah. And then one meal per week, I do believe in just going for broke. Kind of like a reward type of a thing, right? Well, I think it's I think that there's science behind it as well, because what it does is it kind of reboots your metabolism. Mm. Because if you're eating lean all the time, then your body kind of adjusts to that. Yeah. Whereas it kind of provides a nice shock to the system yeah. when you have one indulgence per week. Now, some people talk about a cheat day. That's too much because you can you can undo all the progress that you made in the whole week in one cheat day. Mm-hmm. But a cheat meal, there's only so much you can eat in one meal. So yeah. if you just make one cheat meal a week, and then that could have a psychological boost of giving you a chance once a week to kind of splurge or yeah. indulge. You know? And I think like, you know, obviously it depends on what your goals are. What do you want to achieve? Because if you want it, like, for example, I wanted to achieve a certain weight by November. And so I was very strict on my diet. I didn't have a cheat day. I didn't have one day a week that I would eat crazy. I was just very strict on my diet. And then I broke it when we went to Lucille's and I had that pulled pork mm-hmm. sandwich and I kind of splurged. And then it was fine because the day after I just went back on uh, my regular diet and I was fine. You know, but I definitely agree with that. Well, you know, when you talk about goals, uh, we have our different athletic goals and they keep us motivated They keep us going. But if, if we don't hit the goals, it's not really the end of the world. Right. Because for me, my biggest goal, if I were to just articulate my biggest 
exercise or health goal is that I want to be preaching when I'm in my 90s. Yeah. You know, if God allows me to to for my days to be long and for it to be well with me on the earth, then, you know, I want to be preaching in my 90s. I want to be healthy and strong, not just physically, but mentally. So yeah. I, want, I want to work my brain. I want to work my body. That's the ultimate goal is just longevity in the ministry, yeah. just being able to continue ministering, continue preaching, continue soul winning. These other athletic goals aren't really that important. I'll give you an example. You know, one time several years ago, I was training to run a certain marathon. And so I had this marathon training plan, and, and the marathon training plan culminated in a 20-mile run. And then if you finish that 20-mile training run and that whole training week, then you just have what's called the taper, where for the next three weeks, you just run less and less and kind of let your body recover for the marathon. So I spent months and months training for this marathon. I finally got to that 20-mile final, like, capstone run, and it went great. Like, I ran the 20 miles. I felt great. Piece of cake. And I got done with that run, and I was like, man, this marathon's in the bag. Training's done. Now I just have to taper. And I kid you not, like four days later, I injured my ankle and just like couldn't run the marathon. So it was like I did all the training and didn't even do the event. So it's like, what a waste, right? Except it's not a waste because who really gives a rip if I ran that marathon or not? It's vain. It doesn't really mean anything. Well, too, the maybe training is what mattered. The Lord maybe allowed that because he just wanted your body to be physically fit. To be able to serve him or something. But not necessarily to have some athletic achievement. Yeah. So it's like, basically, I don't have any regrets about that training because I got healthy in that training. Yeah. I got the cardiovascular fitness. Well, that's kind of scary. You know? <laughs> and so God basically, you know, it wasn't his will for whatever reason for me to run that marathon or have that achievement. But it doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. Yeah. I, I still keep trying stuff, you know. And, and right now... I've been running a lot with my son, and my son is training for a marathon. And, you know, he and I, God willing, we're hopefully going to run an ultra marathon in March that we're training for. And so another thing is that this has allowed, you know, me to bond with my son over running. And also my daughter. uh, One of my daughters is pretty into running. And, you know, for a dad to be able to bond with his teenage daughter is important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's a generation gap that could be there. So some of these activities could bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a social aspect too of of uh, you know exercising with people. Like I know you lift with people. Yeah, like I, I lift by myself. But I, um, I, run I I do have a goal. Sometimes. Like I I have a a goal. So I started lifting in September of 2021, and um, right now I'm deadlifting 350, and my goal is to hit 405 by the end of summer. But I actually might do that a lot sooner. And so I do have that goal that I want to hit. I'm hoping the Lord just, you know, doesn't allow me to get injured so I can hit that He's goal. He's going to give you the thorn in the flesh so yeah. that you don't get prideful. Yeah, well, I, I guess I'm going to try my best measure. to be humble. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to stay humble. Well, you know what? That <laughs> You're joking, but that's true, too, though. Yeah. Because honestly, like, that's that, I wondered if maybe that's why, you know, a lot of times I've tried to have various athletic achievements and they almost always fall through. But I still do the training. Yeah. I still got healthy. It might just be because God just doesn't want us to get too prideful right. or full of ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Well, you, you mentioned that you don't get ego. You mentioned with your kids, and, and it is true because you know a lot. We have a lot of young men in our church, mm-hmm. very athletic, 
very strong. You know, we have uh, power lifters. We have people who like running. We have people who uh, are into martial arts. And so uh, me lifting has created somewhat of a camaraderie in the church. So you're kind of bonding with young people in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And you're bridging a generation gap. Yeah, because there's a guy in our church, Giovanni. He he's 17 years old. The guy's mm-hmm. deadlifting a crazy blow. Is a 4:35 was like the last thing that he hit. But there's a camaraderie with him and I because we have this common interest. Mm-hmm. We encourage each other, and then we even do like church lifts where you know some of the guys will meet up at a gym on a specific date to hit PRs and they'll lift and squat, you know. And so it creates that camaraderie, and I think that's really good. I think it's that's better then, you know, just kind of, oh, let's get together and play video games or something like mm. that. You know what I mean? Let's get together and, and actually squat or some do some deadlifts. Yeah, and obviously, some obviously we, we're constantly talking about the Bible yeah. at church services. Anybody who's been to our churches knows that the conversations revolve around the Word of God. Yep. There's a lot of soul winning, a lot of missions going on. You know, but it's it can also be nice to sometimes bond with people on another level yeah. as well. You know, and especially with your kids. I mean, I know your kids are, are pretty young. Yep. My kids are older. You know, I have adult children, teenage children. Yeah. And so some of these are just good, clean, fun activities that I can get with them and compete with them a little bit and, you yeah. know, sit, show them that the old man can kind of keep up a little bit yeah, or at yeah, least yeah. try to keep up. Well, I just think it's, I think it's good for our churches to be characterized by people who take their health into consideration. Mm-hmm. And they're athletic. They're, they're, they're people who like to run. There's people who like to lift. It's not just like a church where it's just like, well, we only, you know, preach about the Bible and that's it. You know, we don't, everything else is, is, is off the, you know, off the, the, the shelf there. We're not allowed to do anything else. It's like, no, we get into these things, you know. And the reality is, is that it's good for us as pastors. It's good for us as church members to take into consideration that our health is important in order to help us to serve God better in the coming years well, and the reason that the reason that I will sometimes talk about this subject from the pulpit, and the reason why I think this podcast is important, talking about it right now, is simply because I love my church members. Yeah, and I want them to be happy. I don't want to see them having a bunch of diseases that they <clears throat> that are preventable. Yeah. I mean, look, diseases are going to happen, sicknesses are going to happen, even if we do all the right things. Yeah, but. A lot of sicknesses and diseases are preventable. Are preventable. Absolutely. And if, if we love our members, we don't want them being depressed, sad, sick, heart disease, diabetes. Yeah. You know, we don't want them suffering. We want them to be blessed. We want them to be happy. And so if we love our people and we know that this is something in our lives that's making our quality of life way better it helps us serve God better. It helps us feel better. We can get along with people better. We can have a mental, even yeah. keel. Wouldn't we want to share that with other people Absolutely. and not just let them keep eating junk and sitting well, you know, around uh, along and with getting that, worse? I do want to mention this is that I want to encourage young people to obviously you know, start exercising, but I want to specifically encourage them to start lifting because new lifters, right, and you would agree – have an advantage over a lot of people, even if you're really small, for example. Because, you know, a lot of people will say, some guys will say, well, I'm really small, I'm not that strong. But they actually have a huge advantage. Uh, and it's, it, it's, it's, it is a medical scientific advantage of the fact that they have what's called newbie gains. They're able to make 
uh, these large achievements with weights and actually get strong really fast in, in six months or in, in, in 12 months. And it's really good for them. It can boost their confidence. It makes their body healthier. But just the newbie gains just in general. Well, if they're small and weak, that's just all the more reason why they need to lift anyway. Yeah, but what because I'm saying is— Because we should is, work on our weaknesses. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is they may think, well, what difference is it going to make because I'm small? No, it'll make a huge difference. Huge a little difference. bit goes a long way. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the newbie gains. You will make a crazy amount of gains and strides in weightlifting if you just start now, even if you're a small person. You know, Ulysses, you know, when, how, how much did you weigh when you first started lifting? 120. 120. And, you know, right now you're about what? 170. And you're, you're lifting, you're, you're doing the big three, the deadlifts, bench press, and squats. He's stronger than I am, and so he can tell you from experience that you know you can't you can achieve great goals like that. And even if you're a new lifter, it's there. Research the newbie gains; it can happen for you. I want to encourage people to do that. Yeah, and so you know, obviously, people just need to find a form of exercise that they like. Yeah. If you don't like it, you're not going to stick with it. So right. you, you know, whatever you like, whether it's running, swimming, biking, martial lifting, arts, martial arts, whatever. But let me say this about lifting, because I'm big on lifting myself. I like lifting. Here's what I like about it, and, and maybe this would encourage people a little bit. And I, I I don't know if you quite agree with me on this for some strange reason, but you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, the, the thing is like— You're going to say it's it's easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Like, like literally on the pain scale, it's like a 2 out of 10. It's yeah. so easy that like even if I'm just exhausted— tired, having a bad day, maybe even like coming down with something. And I'm just like, I don't care how rotten I feel like going to the gym and lifting weights for an hour is super easy. Yeah. Whereas like for me running, swimming is, is a little bit more strenuous, a little more painful. I mean, running is a lot higher on the pain scale yeah. than endurance than training. Yeah. So like if, if I'm feeling really motivated, then I can get out there and, and do some running and stuff. But I have to be motivated to go running. Yeah, Lifting is just like, pff, roll out of bed, go lift. Like lifting, to me, lifting is super easy. And so even if somebody says, man, I just don't really have a lot of mental discipline or I just don't like to suffer, I don't like to go through pain. To me, mm -hmm. like lifting weights, the pain is so minimal. It's so easy. Well, it's like, minimal if you're not lifting Heavy weights. <laughs> no, I'm no. I think lifting heavy weights is the easiest because I find it harder. Uh, I find uh, it more painful when you when you do high reps. Uh, no, dude, high reps hurt in my opinion. Well, high reps are are because I work strenuous. Because when I when we talk about lifting heavy, yeah, I work in the four to six rep range. Yeah, that's the range, and to me, that's so easy because like I can do anything for four reps. Yeah, six that, reps. I would agree. That's it's over that, so fast. That's you, definitely easy. Before the pain hits, it's over. I would say when you start lifting heavier, though, that is difficult. That is hard. It's very strenuous on the I body. I feel like it doesn't change because, because you I, got stronger to compensate. For example, like on Friday, um, I did four PRs of deadlifts, and then and Monday actually when I did squats. After that, I was just completely exhausted the following day. Like it drained my body, and it yeah, was but very I'm, obviously it's obviously it's exhausting. But I'm saying, getting down there. I'll put it this way: I never dread a lifting workout. Yeah, I'm never like, oh man, I gotta go to the gym and lift or something like. That. Well, you're it's, you're. That's, I that, never dread it. 
But I do sometimes dread runs. There or are swims. people that do dread it though. I'll just be honest. Well, I think just, you're just a different breed. I can only speak from my own experience. Yeah. For I, me, I agree with you on that because I I never dread going to the gym. Like I, I enjoy like I've never yeah. had a day where it's just like, oh man, I gotta go to the gym today. Like I enjoy it every single but time. But I mean for for running, for swimming, sometimes I have to really psych myself up. Mm. Because like it's hard because I'm just like, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like I have to really psych myself up. Whereas I don't have to psych myself up to go to the gym. Some people do though. Some people do have to like psych themselves up. Like lifting weights is easy in my opinion. Psych there's some people you that know. do have to psych themselves up and get themselves motivated to go to the gym. I'm not And one I don't of think them. it I don't think it matters how much you're lifting. It, I think it's the same difficulty because if you're doing 4 to 6 reps and you're going to failure on every set, you're both working just as hard. If one guy's lifting, you know, 150 pounds and another guy's lifting 250 pounds, if they're both doing four to six reps to failure, mm-hmm. the pain is the same, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, as I've added weight over the years onto the bar, it doesn't hurt more. I just I got stronger and I'm lifting more weight, but it's it feels the same to yeah. me. I don't see what the difference is. I disagree, but I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. I see your point of view. I get what you're saying, and we're gonna cut this segment out of the pot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, but and here's the thing. I know you lifting weights is all you do. Yeah. Whereas, like, I do a lot of cardio. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I do lift weights. I'm for lifting weights. I try to lift weights five... I like, I like long walks on the beach. I, <laughs> <laughs> I try to lift weights five days a week. That's what I do on a on a good week. Yeah. Some weeks, I only make it four or three. Well, let me share something with you. It's pretty interesting. Dr. I do a Rita, lot of cardio. Dr. Rita was actually saying, because I was talking to her about weightlifting and running, and she she holds the opinion that from a, a medical scientific perspective, that you obviously have to do it all, right? Yeah. Like not one's better than the other. But she was saying there's certain people who are more apt or will succeed more in endurance running than weightlifting and vice versa. And she was saying typically in her experience from what she's seen, people with type O blood are more conducive to running and endurance. I'm actually O negative, so. Yeah, so that would make sense. And yeah. she she gave me the science behind, but I don't remember exactly what it is. There's a certain way your body's built where it would it's more conducive to running. And then So type, that's your excuse why you don't run? Well, type A, which I'm type A, <laughs> is That's I, a handy excuse for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Type A is actually able to lift heavier weights. They're uh-huh. actually more conducive to heavy lifting. And so, but she said you have to do both, obviously. But there's, yeah. there's just one that you're going to excel at far greater than the other. Well, so I'm going to use that to say I'm never going to run in my life. And but I will, I will say this though. <laughs> God made me in a way that I'm not the. No, I'm just I will say this though. If if people's goal is weight loss, because let's face it, most people are overweight mm-hmm. in America, 2022 America. Powerlifting is the way to go. The vast majority of people are overweight. I would say that if you want to exercise for weight loss then lifting heavy is yeah, the way to go. A absolutely. lot of people don't get this. Yeah. But like like I'll give you an example. Just this morning I lifted of course before I came over here and I burned my watch said that I burned 400 calories doing that lifting. Where's the if I get on my bike and ride my bike hard for an hour I'm barely going to be burn 400 calories if I'm lucky. If yeah. I get in the pool and swim for an hour I'm only going to burn 400 calories. And like I said, lifting's way easier. Yeah. And you still burn that 400 calories or whatever. Now, running for an hour, you know, you'll burn more like maybe six or 700, but it's way harder. Yeah. So I would encourage people. And a lot of people, by the way, when they lift, 
they they're not getting the most bang for their buck because they focus on tiny muscle groups. Yeah, you got to do and the compound work. They think like, oh, I got to lose my belly, so I'm going to do sit ups or something. Yeah. Here's the thing: your abs are a small muscle group, and you you can't target what fat on your body you burn off. You, you, you burn all the fat off equally. Yeah. So doing sit-ups doesn't burn stomach fat right. any more than doing squats or whatever. You want to use huge muscles because those are the ones that are going to give you the most bang for your and buck. And what, he, what he's referring to is the, the big three. Well, you you know, you talk about the big three, but you're leaving some stuff out, buddy, because he, there he, should be a big five. He's talking about the overhead military press. And pull-ups. And pull-ups. You're but neglecting at the the, these. At the end of the day, though, you can get away with it with the big three. Those are the most so important the, ones. The, the, the big three he's talking about are squats, deadlift, and and bench press. Yeah, which I agree with you about the the pull ups and the overhead. But the over press. to me, my favorite two exercises that I like better than even those three is the overhead military press and pull ups. Yeah, it's because you're I not as strong critical. on the deadlift. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're gonna it's you're true, gonna favor that. You're gonna favor that, which you you know. Of course, you, I don't. You're better the, at. I also don't use the training wheels. <laughs> He's talking about my belt. I don't use training wheels either. So, but anyway, <laughs> but the thing is, you know, you want to use big muscle groups. You're gonna, they're gonna burn more calories. Well, your legs are the biggest muscle in your of body. Of course, the, your biggest muscles are the your glutes. glutes, which is your butt muscles. Yeah, and your quads. Yeah. Uh, obviously, your chest is a big muscle group. Your hamstrings. You know, so that's what you shoulders back mm. that's what you want to focus on are big muscle groups and yeah. you'll burn tons of calories and by the way a lot of people will say like oh i don't have time i don't have time to work out but what it really is, is people are just wasting hours and hours of their day watching tv TikTok. on social media just surfing the net like yeah. not even doing anything productive on the net just just fooling around yeah. okay people are wasting a lot of time let me just break it down to you, okay? Let, let's just put it this way, okay? Let's say Monday through Friday, average American, eight-hour work day, right? Eight hours. Stop and think about it. You got 24 hours in a day. So let's say you sleep for eight hours. Spend eight hours at work. That's 16 hours, right? You could spend two hours on personal devotions, right? Just reading the Bible, praying, singing hymns, whatever you do for personal devotion, you can spend two hours on that. Mm -hmm. Then you can spend two hours of quality time with your family. Yeah. Then you can spend two hours working out. Yeah. And then you can spend two hours on just your personal needs, like, say, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner, whatever. Two hours of time with your family, two hours of time with the Lord, two hours of time working out. Two hours of time, you know, on your personal needs and eight hours of sleep and eight hours of work. And you could do that five days a week, let alone the weekend. You'd have even more time on the weekend. Like, how do people say they don't have time? Yeah. Or I think it's just say, an excuse not to yeah. go to the or gym you say and like, themselves. Okay, well, I work a 10-hour day at my job. Okay, so you work a 10-hour day at your job, one hour of personal devotions. And you think most Christians are spending an hour of personal devotions because they're not. I wish right. they were. But – 10-hour workday, one-hour personal devotion, one-hour exercise. You still have two hours of quality time with your family, and you still have two hours to just do nothing and, well, even then and they then say, sleep eight hours. Even then they say don't, don't, don't lift you know, more than an hour and 15 well, hours. I never – here's the thing. You know? I never lift more than an hour. 
Yeah. One hour is my limit for lifting. We go about hour and 20 sometimes. But the reason that I say two hours, yeah. the reason I say two hours of exercise is because uh, I actually do cardio Yeah. as well, unlike you. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But I, you know, but here, but, but, here, I will ne- but here's the thing. <laughs> I'm probably never gonna go. Uh, this this conversation will probably not inspire me to go uh, run a marathon. Yeah, but but here's the thing though, <laughs> is that you know, I will say this though in your defense, is that lifting weights does work your heart because you'll get your heart rate oh, yeah. up doing weight. Yeah, lifting. for sure. So it, you know, you're getting a little bit of cardiovascular health from lifting as well. Yeah. So I'm for it. But but my point is. That, you know, I'm just breaking down a basic Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. showing that people have time. And then and then Saturday, you can spend the whole day doing whatever. Sunday, you're going to church, doing whatever. I'm saying you can carve out the time yeah. and still sleep eight hours a night. Yeah. And still have time with your family every single day. I don't think that's the issue, though. I think the issue is when they say they don't have time to work out. Yeah. It's just a matter of they're either lazy. But even just breaking down those numbers, I haven't even gotten into multitasking yet. Okay, now let me tell you how I multitask at the gym. And I don't know exactly how you lift, but when I lift, I take three minutes of break between each set. Yeah, that's that what way do. I can hit the set the hardest yeah. and give it everything. Uh, that's what I do. So I give we, it everything we, we, we and then basically, three minutes. For the working sets, we take about three minutes. Yeah. And then if, if we hit a PR or something, and let's say, for example, when I hit 340 on the deadlift mm. and I was going to shoot for 350 – I took like a five minute rest. Yeah, you take longer. Of Just course. a little longer. But no more than three minutes or on average. So so when I go to the gym to lift heavy weights, the way that I do it is, you know, I do one body part per day per week. So I have chest day, back day, shoulder day, leg day, arm day. The only day I don't take three minutes is on arm day because I, I rotate between triceps and biceps. So mm-hmm. I do like a circuit training on that yeah. day. So I'm only waiting like a minute and a half between sets or whatever. But on the other four days, like I'll do three minute breaks between every working set. Mm -hmm. And during that three minutes, I read my Bible. Yeah. So that's like a, that's a devotional time for me. And so, you know, I just, I, I'll usually get through, uh, at least like, you know, three, four chapters Reading the Bible usually in another language, so it takes a little longer for me because I'm not reading it in English, so yeah. it slows me down a little bit. So right now, like my gym Bible is Portuguese. So mm. like I go to the gym like this morning. I lifted weights this morning at the hotel. Yeah, and I got I started in John chapter 11, and I got through chapter 15 in Portuguese, just between sets. So I just I'll just lift heavy, and then you got three minutes to do nothing. Yeah, while you're waiting. And, you know, I know you guys are probably talking and fellowshipping, which is great, but I'm by myself when I lift, yeah. so I just read my Bible. You're basically saying you can kill two birds with one stone, yeah, you and, can be and, productive in between so your heavy lifting. A lot of people would bring up their commute as like, oh, well, you know, yeah, eight hours of work, but what about the commute? Okay, but here's the thing about the commute. Let me you give you two li- options. You could listen to the Bible. Two options for the commute, okay? Number one, if you drive on your commute, then you listen to the Bible. And then that's your devotion time. You could sing hymns. You could pray. You could listen to the Bible on audio. You can learn a new language. You can do Pimsleur. But I'm saying, like, you can easily combine those two things. But what I would strongly encourage, and I know this is not your thing, so you're going to tune me out right now. (laughs) But basically, what I would encourage is just quit driving to work. And just get to work on your own energy, whether that's walking. If it's close, you could walk. You could run if it's close or walk. Or you could ride a bike. Or whatever. So if you can get to work on your own steam, I'm not against what you're saying, but the thing is, the church from 
the or the gym and the church that or the building is like four cities away from yeah. where I live. So well, then, then, then for you, it's an audio Bible. Yeah. Or whatever. For I'm, sure. I'm just saying, like, you can do things on your way there. You, you can never the, the commute never has to be wasted. Yeah. Because either the commute can be a a, a devotional time with mm-hmm. the Lord. It could be an educational time where you're studying, or it could be physical training if there's a way. And, and obviously, some people don't have a shower at their job. You kind of need a shower yeah. in order to do it that way. But I, you know, I would encourage people to just bike, run, walk, whatever, get to work on your own steam if they have a shower. Yeah. And then boom, you just killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's a way to work it in. Yeah, absolutely. If you know, it's the same reason people say they don't have time to read their Bible. Yeah, you can work in the Bible reading. You can work in the exercise, no matter what your situation. I think, I think at the end of the day, a lot of people will make those excuses not because they don't have enough time, but because they don't want to make time or they're lazy to do it. So they kind of the easy way out is like, well. I can't work out. I don't have enough time to go work out. Yeah. I don't have enough time to do these things. I think at the end of the day, it's just laziness, a lack of motivation. Or like, it. oh, well, I got to spend time with my family. Yeah. But here's the thing. Sometimes you can involve your family. Yeah. You know, if they're into it. Right. Now, if they're not into it, then I will find say another this, way to I will multitask. say this. In order to start a workout regime, whether that's running or lifting weights, you do have to have a level of commitment. There has to be a commitment when you to have the to have program. goals. Yeah, and you have to have commitment to those goals. Yeah. Like, you have to kind of be a self-starter. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. no one's going to get you out of bed. No one's going to tell you to go do it. No one's going to force you. Like, you have to make yourself go do it. Well, good, because it it builds discipline. I'm just saying, you know, you have to basically be able to be disciplined and commit yourself to the process, to the program, in order to reach those goals. So here's here's another point that I want to make about health and, and fitness and exercise. And again, you know... This might be something that you're not necessarily into. Why are you bringing but... up all this stuff that I'm not into? <laughs> <laughs> Whose podcast is this anyways? <laughs> is, uh, you know, I'm a strong believer in what I would call environmental training. Oh, okay. So what he's training talking about. Training to the weather. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to talk about Earth Gym. No, no, no. I mean, I like that too. Yeah. But no, no, no. I'm a strong believer in environmental training. So what I mean by that is that like I think that part of the reason why people are unhealthy today is because we're too climate controlled. Yeah. And so our bodies are designed not only to be physically active, working hard, but also our bodies are designed to go through seasons of, you know, summer and winter. So and- for those of you who don't know, Pastor Anderson, um, he's really into if 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 anybody knows him personally. It, never stay at a hotel room with Pastor Anderson <laughs> in the dead of summer of some other country because he will turn up the, the heater on. So aside from the fact that it's like 115 degrees outside, he'll make sure that it's 115 degrees inside as well. If, this is what he's talking well, about. Well, here. here's the thing. Like, like at my house in the summer, you know, I mean, I will literally like set up my office outside. Like I'll set up a table and a chair, and just work outside yeah. for hours. I, I'll exercise outside in the summer. I'll go on bike rides, running. I am, I am intrigued with that. Like I, I, When you mentioned that to me yesterday, because you're basically saying you have to adapt to the the climate of that time. And, and obviously that's, yeah. more, that's difficult here in California. No, it isn't. 
In California, because it, you still you you have. Or you enough, can modify. You can modify your environment. You have to enough fit that. variation here. This morning, you know, I, I looked at the uh, the weather this morning when I woke up in Santa Ana, California. Here, and it's forty six degrees outside. Yeah. So if you go swimming in pools in Southern California, that water is going to be in the fifties. Well. And so you're going to get a pool the around here. Like, cause the cold is more important than the heat. Like, like you guys have pools over there. We don't have pools. Over yeah. There. Well, I'm, I'm for heat training, but the cold is even more important. Yeah. Cold showers. So, so what I do is like in the, in the winter time in Arizona, I think Arizona is more ideal for this than yeah. Southern California because we have super hot summers. Mm-hmm. So I can get out and run in the heat, swim in the, or not swim in the heat, but, um, what was I going to say? Bike in the heat, like run in the heat, bike in the heat, take walks in the heat, work outside. I just make a point to spend hours outside every yeah, day and good. just feel the heat. And then in the winter, you know, I'll, I'll basically go running in the mornings or at night and just wear just very lightly dressed. Like I don't wear a lot of clothes. So I'll just wear like just a, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and just go running and it's like 35 or something. Yeah. Because the good thing about Arizona is that even though in the winter it'll still be like 70 degrees every day even in the winter, at night it does it drop dropped. into the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And so you can get up early in the morning and you know, I'll go on bike rides just with just maybe a, a light hoodie if anything, sometimes just a t-shirt, just shorts and just really get exposed to the cold. For, I I basically just spend a few hours a day feeling cold. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to feel cold a few hours a day all winter. That's good. And then like I'll also go swimming in pools. Yeah. Even in the winter, just year round. So, and then like you said, cold showers in mm-hmm. the winter as well. So, you know, in the, in the summer, I really acclimate to the heat. And in the winter, I really acclimate to the cold. And I'm telling you, it has made me feel so much healthier. Like I've been getting sick less because I, I I've had historically a what really is, bad immune what do you think, system. What do you think the the scientific reason for that is? Are the cameras good? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't necessarily base everything in my life on science. I know, but I'm just saying, is there? Do you know of any research? I think that science has explained science, it. Science is great, and science has its place. But science can't really solve everything necessarily. And so a lot of my views on health and nutrition and exercise are more philosophical than scientific. And so they're they're just kind of based on my own ideas and my own experiences. Yeah. And today it's like, oh, yeah, science. you know, And people are like, they worship science. And science is great, but let's face it, science has kind of failed to answer a lot of questions about our health. If science is so great at health, then why in the age of science are people unhealthier than ever? You know, So some of this is not necessarily science-based. It's just based on philosophy and based on experience. I think so it, for me, let me give you my philosophical okay. answer. And I think there are some scientific studies out there that may or may not have backed this up. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I don't really care because yeah. if it works for me, it works. Yeah. If, if if I started doing this environmental training over the last few years and I've gotten sick way less, I've been way healthier, I feel great. Is there anything else like, you've changed other than the, that? Well, not. I would say the biggest change I made in the year 2021 was I ramped up my environmental training of just being hotter in the summer and colder in the winter 
and I got sick less in 2021 than any year of my life, and yeah. I'm just feeling great, and I feel like it really helped my immunity. And I think there is some science floating around out there somewhere about it, but, but here's my philosophy. My philosophy is that our bodies are designed to struggle. You know, we're designed to handle the heat, to handle the cold, to pick up heavy mm-hmm. items, yeah. to walk all day, to work all day. You know, we're designed to work, like we talked about with exercise. But we're also designed to withstand the elements. Yeah. And I feel like because we've gotten so climate controlled, it's like our body doesn't really have anything to fight. And so then our body basically, like, in many ways fights itself. Mm. It's sort of like... if it. it if you have an an external enemy, it really causes everybody to unite. Like let, let's say the church was under attack, then the church would kind of band together and unite, right? Against that common enemy. Whereas like let's say, you know, there's no enemy, then the church could just start fighting within. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like That's it's a great so, example. It's so like when America gets under attack, like America kind of unites and it's not really about Different factions so what you're anymore. saying is is creating an environment where you're you're constantly putting your body in a situation where it has to defend itself against the elements. Yeah. Yeah. Then basically your body is fighting the elements. Yeah. And so your body's just getting stronger and your body's not fighting itself. Because a lot of people today, they have like autoimmune disorders mm-hmm. where their body's like attacking itself, like like allergies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like where their, their their body like attacks their own cells yeah. and their own joints, like rheumatoid arthritis. Right? right. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not an expert on the the biology of it. But that's not really the point. The the the. the well, I definitely is, want to experiment with this because it seems it seems pretty. Even if it doesn't improve my immunity, just the fact that you can acclimate to the to the different elements, whether in summer or during the winter, I think it's just good for fortitude. Well, it helps you lose weight anyway because it burns calories. Mm-hmm. If, if if you're in the cold and your body has to heat you up. It's shivering. Yeah. I, I try to avoid shivering, though. Like, w- part of cold training for me is to withstand the urge to shiver. Mm. So, like, when I go in ice water, you, I, my body wants to shiver, and I fight that urge to, to like, breathe fast and shiver and stuff. The, the way to acclimate is you, you get into the cold water – and you try to breathe normal, you try to relax into it, and you try not to shiver mm. is the best way to do it. But obviously, yeah, shivering would burn calories too. But I'm just saying, like, you want your body to rely on something other than shivering. Yeah. Because shivering is not really the best way to get warm, but it's what our body goes to. Like, it's the go-to warm-up mechanism. So it's better to withstand the shivering, and then your body will find other ways to warm you up mm. from the inside. And obviously, that's that's burning calories anyway. And it just it, it just builds mental toughness, makes you a little bit uh, uh, just able to handle heat and and cold, so that you know you can be out in there in the summer doing stuff, and out there in the winter doing stuff, and not just be like you have to have the climate a certain way all the time. And I, like I said, I think it builds your immunity as well. I've found that to be the case in my own life. I think there is probably some science floating out there. Well, I guess it's time it, to but, experiment a little bit, you know. Because this, this year I got sick quite a bit with the Rona and all that. Um, but we'll see for next year. Yeah, just try, try it. I'm just try just, it. And, you know, like I don't, I don't take cold showers in the summer. You know, it's like you take cold showers in the winter. Yeah. Or uh, You take hot showers in the summer? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in the summer, you know, I just try to exercise outside as much as I can. Now, 
some people might think like, how is that even possible to run when it's 115 outside or to bike? And and the, the key to doing it is to stay wet. So what I'll do is like, I will uh, jump in the pool with my clothes on and then run. Mm. And then I'm, I've got those wet clothes and it's like a swamp cooler kind of. And after about 30 to 40 minutes, it'll be dry as a bone. Your clothes will be just dry in like a half hour. So I'll go on bike rides in the summer. I just, I just douse myself in water. And then 30, 40 minutes of riding later, I'm dry as a bone. Then I find somebody who has the sprinklers on and I, I get in the sprinklers or if I can't, uh, you know, honey, there goes that pastor again playing in our sprinklers. Well, I'm not talking about residential. I mean like commercial, I mean like commercial properties will have sprinklers or something. So I'll get in the sprinklers or whatever. I'll try to find bodies of water I can get in, um, just to get drenched. Yeah. Or if I can't find any of that, I'll just literally just go to the gas station, buy a bottle of water and just dump it all over myself and just do that <laughs> and just keep going. One time, I kid you not, I ran I ran 13 miles in my neighborhood. I had this 1.3 mile loop and every 1.3 miles, I would jump in the pool and it was 110 outside and I went 13 miles just by dipping every 1.3 miles jump in the pool, keep running, jump in the pool, keep wow. running. And I just kept going, just kept going. And so that's the secret in the summer. And then, and then, you know, after you do it a lot, you can kind of get to a level where you don't even necessarily need to get that wet, where, yeah. where like you start just getting used to it to where like you only have to get wet when it gets really hot or if the mm. workout's really long, but your body adapts fast. And you know, what's interesting with the cold training you you will adapt super fast. Like this isn't something where you have to wait months for results. Like if you wanted to try this, you'll have results in one week. I guarantee it. Really? One week. What That's do you mean by results? Here's what I mean. Are you saying I, I would be able to time, withstand? Yeah, cold water within a, within a week. Let me give you an example. When I first started doing this a few years ago, the first time I went into a cold swimming pool, it was like 52 degrees of the water on a little thermometer. So it was like 52 degree water. I went in there, and after two minutes, I had to get out. Like, I was so cold that I was like, I got to get out of here now, right? But after one week of doing that every day, I could stay in for 10 minutes, no problem. Well, let me ask you. No problem. When you go into the pool, are you swimming or just just kind of just staying well, still? Well, as a start, to start, you just kind of hang out. You just just... And I would just dip my head underwater like every minute and just stay in up to my neck for 10 minutes. But as you get more advanced, yeah, sometimes I'll get in the pool and swim around and stuff. Well, it's I not a workout, be- I just saying that because, like, obviously, if you jump in a pool that's 50 degrees and you start swimming, you're going to warm up. No, no, no. I'm, no, you just hang out. Okay. If I did swim around, I would swim very slowly. Mm-hmm. So it's not a workout. It's okay. just it's more just a chill, yeah. no pun intended. You just kind of chill in the water. But but the thing is, I'm telling you, like after a week, you're adapted. Hmm. And then literally, I did it one winter, and then like I I didn't do any cold training the whole spring, summer, fall. Next winter, it was like the adaptation was still there. Hmm. You just get right back into it, and you you haven't lost hardly anything. So what I'm saying is, you get results really fast. Now, I would a word of caution though is that you know if you go into ice water. For a long time, you'll die. Like in a very, it doesn't take long to kill you. In fact, so like if you go into like ice water, uh, after 15 minutes, you you could start getting hypothermia if you're not mm. trained. 
So I would that's why I would recommend people just limit themselves to 10 minutes, especially in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like don't go beyond 10 minutes. Then uh obviously 52 degree water is not the same as like in the 30s. Yeah. If you get in water that's in the 30s and you're in it for 15 minutes, you could you could get hypothermia. Wow. And and also after about a half hour, you might die hmm. in in ice water. But if you know, if you build up to it. Then you could be in that 30-some degree water for an extended period. But still, just for safety, I would just recommend people just kind of just limit yourself to 10 minutes, especially if you're in the 30s. Yeah. Because some people live in – because in Arizona, the water only gets down to about 50 degrees. But but when I go to other parts of the country, I'll take advantage of those cold places. So I've I've been able to swim in some icy rivers and in other places and, and do some cold plunges. But, like, you gotta you got to be aware, though – that it's not just about, hey, look how tough I am, because you can literally die yeah. if you don't do it right. Right. So, you know, limit yourself to 10 minutes. And then the other thing I would recommend is just when you get out, don't warm up too fast either if you're a beginner, because that can be very painful and it could also be harmful. Hmm. So usually what I do is, you know, I'll spend 10 minutes in the in the water and then I'll get out and I won't even dry off right away. I'll just kind of hang out in the cold air. For a few minutes and let my body slowly so i'll kind of just hang out for a couple minutes and then i'll dry off hang out for a couple more minutes then i go in the house and and put on warm clothes yeah and, and you know get my body temperature back but the only the <laughs> only thing i do because th- <laughs> i do want to try it i want to try that yeah or the 10 minute walks we could do that it's 20 minute walks but 20, he's not 20 he's minutes like, in the 90 degrees isn't that that's yeah, not see, gonna told, cut it. he's not gonna that's, he's not yeah. for that that's like that's like me lifting his deadlift you know what i mean like that's not really gonna cut it that's <laughs> like come on can we do some can we do actually something to do something challenging here this lightweight you know so uh, maybe we'll start maybe we'll start running maybe <laughs> i just want to try it though i do want to try that that sounds pretty interesting i, I like see, it. i want to see if it affects me for um the sixth season coming in 2022 or something, you know, we'll see if it actually works. So, I mean, it, it, it worked for me. Yeah. And maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah. You know, either way, but I mean, I don't let's care. Say, let's well, say it doesn't help my immunity. It's still good for fortitude reasons. Yeah. You know, to, to just make you stronger, withstand the elements. It may be a coincidence. Put but your body in a position where it's uncomfortable. But it's always I, good to do that. I feel like it's helped me a lot. And yeah. I, I just, do you I know feel anybody else who they've tried that and it's helped their immunity? I mean, I don't know anybody personally who does this to themselves, this except my son. Sound very valid. I don't my know. Son, <laughs> my son, my son, uh, my son Solomon. He's into it. Like, I don't know he, how much credibility this has here? <laughs> my kidding. son Solomon. He does all the cold training and stuff the same. And way it's though. helped his immunity and all that. I mean, he's always had great immunity. Oh, okay. So, you know, he he's he grew up just he's Not got he's got well he's got great genetics and he just grew up eating healthy and being physically active and you know yeah. so he's got a lot going for him obviously. For sure. Well, I will definitely try that. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I, I another thing that I believe in philosophically is every single day I, I like to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. every day I just force myself to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah. Take yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Just just take do something the, hard. Just don't always take the path of least resistance. Yeah. You know, so <clears> I <throat> and I typically like to every morning pick a task that I've been dreading and just kind of get it out of the way. Yeah. So I, I hope that this podcast has helped people just 
maybe think about making some changes to improve their health a little bit or Absolutely. start some kind of exercise. And, and here's the thing. If you're not into lift, I do think that the best place to start is lifting. Like if you're going to, if you're only going to do one thing, if you're only going to exercise one thing, I would say lifting yeah. is the, is the, is the most important. But if you're not into lifting, no problem because there's running, there's swimming. I swim laps almost every week. I run every week. I lift weights. I buy. Or you can get into you can get into martial arts. You can get into uh, boxing, yeah. Muay Thai kickboxing. Or if you don't like striking, you can get into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is really good on the body. Um, Just find anything you like. Something to make you do something physical to exert your body yeah. in some way, fashion, or form. You know, it's it's just you need to do something with your body. And I'm not one of these people that says like, oh, you got to do this workout and don't do that workout. Because to me, the, the workout that works is the one that you do. Yeah. So if you like doing it, you know, then great. I mean, except there, there's a few things that I would just say right now that I'm just against, which is using the machines at the gym are a big <laughs> no-no. Like, do not use the machines at the gym. <laughs> Like I'm just against that right away. Like, like that Isolating is muscles. that is not a real workout. Like, don't do isolation exercises and don't use the machines. I would say like that's a hard and fast thing for me. Yeah, the don't, machines for people who don't know, the machines will isolate a muscle. It's more so for body composition than anything else. Whereas the heavy lifting, such as the big three, they're more so for for getting strong. Well, you have to use free weights. Yeah, for body weight exercise. I'm all for body weight exercise. Pull ups, push ups, sit ups. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Free weights, dumbbells. Burpees, whatever. Yeah. Free weights, dumbbells is what you need to be using. But like the machines are dangerous. They're harmful. You don't build muscle. Like, yeah. like you feel like, oh, I'm working so hard. I'm building so much muscle. They don't work the stabilizing muscles. And you've got, if you don't, if you're not working the stabilizing muscles. Like the muscles, leg press, for example. The leg press is not a good The machine. leg press is hazardous. Yeah. The leg press is back. dangerous. I, you know, when I was. Which is funny because people will say like deadlifting is really bad for your lower back, but it's actually like the leg press is Yeah. Really when bad. I, dude, when I was 12 years old, <laughs> we had a leg press at our school, a leg press machine. And we would load up like 400 pounds on the leg press. And I was like the skinny kid. And I'm just like leg pressing 400 pounds. <laughs> Because it's like, because it's not real, it's not a real workout. Like, you're not real, you can't lift 400 pounds, but the with the leg press, you can. Yeah. Dude, I'll, go, I'll get on the leg press, I'm just piling up hundreds, you just keep adding hundreds of more pounds, and you just keep being able to lift it, but then you go over to the squat rack, and you've made it zero gains. Yeah, it doesn't It, it does doesn't not trans translate. Yeah. One time I spent, I experimented one time, I spent like five or six weeks using the leg press, and then I went to the squat rack, I hadn't even gained an ounce on the squat rack. Yeah. Like, the leg press is a joke. And it's dangerous for your back because you're lifting these insane amounts. Whereas, like, for example, like, I've noticed that my my deadlift has gotten stronger only because my squat has gotten stronger. Like, my squats yeah. have helped my deadlift tremendously. The, and those vice things versa. all transfer because you're actually building real strength. Yeah. Whereas this fake strength that you build, and, and the worst machines are, like, the bench press machine, the military press machine. Those Those machines are horrible. Like... You just grab the dumbbells and do it do it the real way. You talk about like the Smith machine? Yeah, or the, the <laughs> pec deck or whatever. Well, the Smith machine is really stuff. bad even for like deadlifts and squats because yeah. – What did you say, Ulysses? Like it, it, it kind of messes up your form, right? Yeah. yeah. 
It only moves in one manner. It, so yeah, it's, just it, like, it's these real unnatural movements. Yeah. You can get injured. It's unnatural. You're not going to make gains. Look, if I go to the gym, I don't want to waste my time spinning my wheels. I, look, so fidei not as one that beateth the air. Yeah. Not as you one know, that uses the leg press. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, using the machines at the gym, and people gravitate to the machines because they're easy, but, like, you might as well not even go to the gym if you're going to use so the machines, gain, in my opinion. So so I make gains, not as one that does the leg press. I'm just saying, like, I don't even go to the gym if you're going to use the machines. Like, it's free weights or die. Okay, so I do want to say that. But other than that, do whatever you want. Do whatever you like. And oh, and, oh, oh another thing I hate treadmills they make no sense like the Amen. whole world yeah like, but hold on a second why would you run on a treadmill when you could just go outside I, and run okay see now and then and, and, and here's what and here's what? people's excuse yeah they, they 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 drive around the parking lot trying to find the closest parking spot so that they can get on a treadmill but but here here's the thing too about the treadmill people's excuse for using the treadmill is like well, what about when it's too hot what about when it's too cold okay Back up this recording 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's cold or hot, that's just better training. Yeah. No treadmill. I would hey. rather run in place. Hey, I'm all for than you. Than to run on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah, amen. Jump no rope. Running. Jump rope, yes. Treadmill, no. You don't have to worry about me getting on a treadmill. <laughs> it makes no sense. Exactly. I agree. Right. 100%. I'm not you know, as against the treadmill as I am against the machines, the weight machines. Yeah. But treadmills to me are just boring anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I agree. I agree. And you don't take any supplements. You don't do any pre-workout. No. Um, you don't take any. What, what was the most that? radical thing I take is a multivitamin. <laughs> <laughs> I told I told you one, one time I, I did some doping before a workout. You which went was, to go get some Starbucks. I, dr- I drank a caramel <laughs> frappuccino from Starbucks. That was like the most radical doping I've ever done. You don't do uh, uh, pre-workout or no. creatine or nope. anything of that nature? Never. You're all natty. Just food, water, and a multivitamin. He doesn't, um, even, folks. He doesn't even use shoes when he runs. Can you believe that? But I've he's all then, natty. I mean, we're talking about natty. He uses his feet. Sometimes I'll do like an organic, like all natural organic protein powder that's from like pea protein or whey or something. Pastor Anderson's kind of boring. It's all like, he's a he's a boring. He could be a Mormon when it comes to like these matters. <laughs> And if ever I go on a trip with Pastor Anderson, I make sure I don't go to his cabin because uh, it's, it's there's the, no it's junk the, food allowed. No junk food allowed. We went to a pastor's retreat <laughs> and we went to the grocery store to go get some some stuff. And I was I was getting like Swiss rolls stuff that I typically don't eat. But it's like we're partying. He's like we're not getting this. He wanted to get like vegetables and all these. <laughs> it's the more it's the Joseph Smith cabin. You know what I mean? No no sodas, no nothing. Yeah, no cat. There's no cokes. There's no, no no coffee. Candy, no nothing. So uh, just for future reference, anybody who, you know, so he's very much the, he, he takes, he takes the natty approach to another level. So, yep. So it's an unrealistic goal for a lot of people, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pastor Anderson, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, man. A lot of great information, folks. I hope it, I hope it inspires you and motivates you. To number one, uh, start exercising in some form or manner, whether that's powerlifting or running or swimming or doing martial arts. 
changing up your diet, maybe testing out some fasting, maybe changing out, you know, trying out this this climate change type of a workout. Not workout, but just, you know, training climate, yourself. I, I like that. The climate, <laughs> climate change, change workout. <laughs> climate change training or uh, adapting to the climate, whether it's heat or it's cold. And, um, and just recognizing that all these things at the end of the day, whatever it is that you do, is to make you a better servant of God, to help you to be a better tool for the Lord to use, a better vessel and to honor meat for the master's use. And not bad to have short-term goals, but at the end of the day, we do this to obtain an incorruptible crown. And so, Pastor Anderson, thank you again for being here. Hope you have a safe trip back home. Folks, thank you for watching. Make sure you watch the episodes, of course, on YouTube. These will be on audio on Spotify as well. And we're looking forward to seeing you all on the next episode. God bless and have a great evening. 